Hello and a warm welcome to all our listeners. This is the Capgemini Customer Perspective podcast, where we're going to be keeping you up to date with the latest news from the customer experience world, as well as reviewing the latest trends and technology breakthroughs. I'm Bastien Chicha, and today I've got the pleasure to be joined by Anna Kershaw, an event managing consultant specializing in customer service, and Sajida Alberam, a consultant within our invent customer transformation practice. Great to have you with us, Anna. Thanks, Bastian. Great to be here. And thank you, Sajida, for joining the conversation. Hi, Bastian. Thanks for having us. You're both here today to discuss your perspectives on contact centers, a channel that is really key when it comes to driving customer engagement. So in today's episode, we will chat about how the COVID-19 epidemic has impacted the operations in contact centers in terms of demand, but also in terms of ways of working. And I think I'm not wrong saying that not all sectors have been affected the same way. We will also talk about the impact on the customer engagement strategy and how technology can support these strategies. And I also know that this conversation will be a great opportunity for you, Anna and Sajida, to share a couple of key insights that can help organizations succeeding in this new world. But first, Anna, we all know that this year has required a lot, lot of adaptation from companies due to the pandemic. But can you tell us a bit more on how specifically the contact center industry has evolved this year? Yes, Bastian. Contact centres have, have been severely affected by COVID-19. We know that throughout lockdown, lots of us have been shopping online and doing our banking and paying our bills and the like. And that has meant demand for contact centres in, has increased tremendously. Um, and that boom in online activity has led to more support queries as customers have shopped from the relative safety of their own living rooms. And, you know, questions are not just about store opening hours these days but now about supply chain and delivery, returns and refunds. But to add to that challenges, businesses have had to meet the demand, often with fewer employees than usual, but still support customers in a confident and knowledgeable way. And that's not easy. And I guess, unfortunately, at the other end of the spectrum, there are some organisations that have seen demand almost disappear. Are you thinking of the travel and hospitality industry, for instance? Uh, Yes, indeed. They continue to be severely impacted. First of all, call volumes peaked as customers scramble to deal with things like cancelled flights and holidays and so on. But this has now been reduced as the number of travel and leisure bookings has fallen. In other industries too, um, employees have been furloughed as businesses look to mitigate costs in light of limited revenues. And sadly, I think redundancies may well follow as maintaining the workforce is no longer a viable option. Many of us have experienced how the coronavirus has really forced businesses to think differently and just think of how we've shifted to unprecedented ways of working in order to remain operational, with our teams now working from their living rooms and their kitchens or bedrooms, and in my case, my basement. <laughs> Quite a shift indeed. And how have companies coped? What, what were the reactions? Sajida, do you want to cover that? Yeah, so what we've seen is um you know that companies have faced uh, severe challenges this year and for some they, they didn't have the plans in place or the technology ready to get their teams up and running from home um and function as, as they needed to and i think there have been a lot of difficulties um in particular around implementing remote working and then really getting um that up to speed in terms of meeting demand as anna mentioned 
And what we've seen as a result is customers have often been pushed into channels such as self-serve or live chat, which actually were not up to scale um, to meet the demand and not equipped really to deal with the kind of complex issues that have been arising. And I think this has been a really big change as well for employees because for them it's bringing in you know a new way of working and an, a new uh, working culture so for example agents have actually had to become a lot more self-sufficient and rely on technology to help them to do their job whereas previously they would have you know the on-site support of their manager or their colleagues to ask questions and similarly from a management point of view um, they are not able to see and guide their teams if they're working at home so and then you know furthermore no doubt contact center workers like um, much like the rest of us are probably missing the social side of work as well as we now you know uh, take to messaging instead of the usual office chatter but there is a kind of an upside to all of this in the sense that it allows for a much greater flexibility for employees because they're now able to work at home um, and that really supports them to have a better work-life balance. And it makes the contact centre role um, more adaptable to modern working life and a lot more attractive and also inclusive for people who, for whichever reason, were actually unable to work in an office environment. And it also opens the door um, to bring in new technologies to look at how to manage teams more efficiently, both on-site and off-site. I think significantly the, and potentially the lasting impact of COVID-19 will be that companies are now having to look for ways to both get through the immediate crisis and look to really stabilize their business and keep going, but then looking ahead to the future, thinking about how they might begin to grow again in what is now going to be a new environment in the longer term. Yeah, and that's interesting because I hear you saying lasting impact of the COVID. So do you think that working from home is here to stay for the contact center industry? And I don't know, maybe Anna, you've got an opinion on that. Yes, Bastian. I can't really see us returning to our pre-COVID ways, but I do think there'll be a balance. Yes, home working is expected to become a permanent fixture for many companies and contact centers and no exception. However, remote working for everyone 100% of the time, I think that's unlikely. So finding the right balance for each organisation and operation will be critical. And we'll also need to think about the agent's work-life balance and preferences alongside our operational needs. In order to make this successful, businesses will need to invest in their people, particularly in terms of hiring the right resources or delivering the right training packages and even developing the right level of ongoing employee engagement. We need to get these things right if we want our advisors to be successful in their achievements and their careers and their well-being. I think COVID-19 has led to some significant changes in both customer and employee expectations and behaviours. But having said that, some things still remain the same. And what people really need from customer services still is relevant and accurate information, clear support and guidance. Um, and, they, and these days, they need it wherever they are at any time. And that's what organisations need to evolve to address but they still need to embody the brand experience throughout. It's great that you're mentioning the brand experience because um, I wanted to know a bit more on what has been the impact of this on customer engagement. And Sajida, would you like to share your view, your view on, that, on that? Yeah, so I think taking a step back, we have to think that customers have been facing challenges um, across all aspects of their life during this period. And, and at that time, they've really had to look at... Um, 
in certain situations to service providers for support. So, you know, banking and finance is a good example of this, where we've had people who are maybe for the first time trying to manage their finances and accounts online. Um, we've seen, you know, bills have continued to come in for everybody and it's a time of great uncertainty. And so that's really had an impact on the nature of um, queries that customers are bringing in. I remember that um, a Harvard uh, business study found that actually in the final two weeks of March, companies found that the number of calls that were classed as difficult rose from, well, actually doubled from about 10% to over 20%. So, you know, almost in uh, overnight, there was a huge surge in demand for financial help with things such as payment plans, urgent questions about travel disruption and cancellations, disputes about insurance. And I think naturally, you know, customer emotion was at an all-time high. And what agents really needed at that time was an, an increase in training and support to manage such a, a new and high scale of challenging um, contacts. I think the Harvard study also saw that hold times had increased by around uh, 35% and call escalations also rose um, significantly by 70%. Without having in place um, technology such as uh, cloud technology and having the access to the systems and security that um, is required to operate and without having that close contact as mentioned with teams and managers for support I think there was potential at that time for it to really turn into a, a difficult if not impossible situation. Yeah but do, do you have examples of companies who managed to cope with these challenges and to adapt well? Yeah, so actually T-Mobile is a, is a really interesting story here. Um, so what happened is that when um, the COVID-19 pandemic was declared officially, they found that in that week, call wait times went from an average um, less than 90 seconds to four hours. <laughs> wow, that's quite a long time. And people were staying on the phone for four hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in many cases, and obviously that's, imagine the impact and imagine the kind of the customer sentiment so from all sides it's, it's just not a great place to be and actually for T-Mobile their operating model was set up for teams to be working together in close collaboration on site and that meant that all of their technology was hardwired to their call centers including their call routing software and that really you know, posed a huge challenge when working from home was enforced. But in just 20 days, actually, they were able to get their teams, which was over 12,000 employees, out of their call centers and into being set up to operate at home. And what that meant was um, that included getting technology to work at scale, rolling out a new call routing system, ramping up server capacity, and also making their VPN available. They also managed to get around um, over 60,000 pieces of workstation equipment. So things like, you know, desktops and keyboards and headsets that you would need um, taken out of the office, sanitized and sent out to their colleagues who are now set up and ready to operate from home. And I think they, uh, very importantly, they knew that what was key to their success was collaboration. So they made sure that digital tools such as Slack, WebEx and Skype were available to their teams and they managed to train their teams almost overnight. And I think um, we were able to see, you know, very quickly the benefits of taking such a swift approach. What, we, what they found was that customer and employee experience dramatically improved. So absenteeism, which, you know, very much peaked during the crisis, um, 
almost around 50% went back down. Their NPS scores rose to record highs and their call wait times did go back to normal to back under 90 seconds. Which is way better, I agree. Um, and I bet companies also had to change the way they were interacting with custom- customers. Is that right? Yes, indeed, Bastian. I'm pleased to say some companies have really thought about how the pandemic is impacting their customers. And in particular, they've adapted to support the most vulnerable customers when they've needed it. One example amongst many is Santander. We know that during lockdown, that feelings of loneliness and isolation were up from something like one in 10 to one in four people. So to help combat the loss of face-to-face contact, Santander set up a programme called Reaching Out, and they encouraged encouraged their branch colleagues to contact um, more vulnerable customers proactively by phone. Uh, And what they did was to focus in on customers over 65 who would normally visit a branch for banking services. Their employees checked in on their well-being and provided a voice to talk to. Of course, they also gave helpful information on support services and helped them access um, and manage their finances. Um, By early June, I think its customer engagement team had spoken to something like 40-odd thousand customers through this initiative. I think it's a great example of how to succeed through COVID. Yes, you do need the technology, but just as important is human empathy and understanding. It can be such a powerful blend. And those simple gestures can go a long way. And it shows how it's so important to keep focused on people, whether they're your customers or your employees. It's interesting because it's really about how companies manage to find the right balance between technology and human empathy when it comes to contact center. But what's next for organization? Like, what do we need to expect now? We've all seen on the news each day um, how the economy has suffered this year. And the service industry in particular is likely to feel the effects for some time to come. However, the picture is mixed. And while some companies are thriving, given the changes in our shopping habits, there will be other companies who have needed to take action to weather the storm. Can you give us an example? Yes, of course. Um, Some companies who have been affected may be putting investment on hold and looking to minimise, minimise costs as things get tougher. I think companies who have seen a downturn in their business will also be looking for efficiencies across their organisations. And this will undoubtedly include customer service departments. And the short-term option may be to simply cut costs, reduce spending on staff and technology in an attempt to keep the business going. And the long term? Well, perhaps a more sustained position could be to explore how businesses could become more resilient to changes in demand and where investments in the short term could help save in both the immediate and longer term. I'm thinking, for example, of where customer service staff could possibly be retrained and redeployed to support the wider business as inbound queries have declined, or perhaps they could be utilised to support campaigns offering a more personalised and tailored service to meet their customers' specific needs. You know, taking the time to connect individually with customers and showing that you know who they are and how you value them really does become an integral part of the overall service experience. And I think businesses can then leverage this as a competitive advantage in the future when competition for consumer attention will become really fierce. I think, as you said, you know, some will be surviving, but for others, there are those who actually have never seen such a high demand for their services and products. So, you know, we think about 
um, online grocers, or we've mentioned before the banking sector. And I think these kind of companies really have the potential to take what's turning into a critical moment to define their brand in the mind of consumers. And the way to do that is is through the level of service and support that they offer at a time when customers really need them the most. I think part of this is thinking about how to intelligently assign resources to enable more optimized interactions with customers. So that means, you know, not just um, resolving the immediate queries, but looking how to drive sales and add value. I think, you know, for all organizations, however, we're we're getting uh, beyond the point of just simply focusing on managing queries in the shortest time possible. And yes, you know, agents are going to have to continue to focus on delivering support, but it's going to be now really, as I've said, about delivering that additional value and thinking about how to really engage with the customer. So with the aim of building customer loyalty. And so what that requires then is that agents will have the right training and the right support in place to be able to perform in that successful way in their roles. Yeah, and you're mentioning training, you're mentioning support, but there's also a need for being equipped with the right technology, with the right digital solutions. Do you think it's not it's no longer a priority for investment? So I think interestingly, businesses are now going to have to find the balance between being very careful financially um, and and kind of holding back from investing against you know, thinking about more targeted investments to look to create more efficient um, services. And this is really thinking um, about the longer term stability and the future for their company. And that means more than just, as you mentioned, you know, just spending on the latest technology and fingers crossed, hoping that it works and does what you want it to. But it's going to be really taking that time and the resource to think and consider what your overall strategy is for the contact center and thinking about what the digital and the channel strategy um, will be as part of that. A part of all of this is um, understanding the journey of a customer when they contact you so thinking which channels do they prefer at each step of their journey is going to be very informative and being able to know and really understand your customer journey means that you'll have a good view of at which points technology could be best leveraged to ease that pressure on agents and to really um, enhance that level of customer service and it also means that you will have a better idea of which products then will be more strategic investments and will really deliver that cost saving or additional value that um, you're looking for. Yeah, cost saving is quite easy to picture, but what kind of additional value could it bring? Do you have any examples? Yeah, so we've mentioned that you know during this period, customers um, are now coming with a lot more complex issues or often coming with more emotionally driven calls. And for those people... What they really want is to speak to an agent. And, you know, in those kind of situations, most people just want to speak to a person. So at that point, if you can employ artificial intelligence and automation to handle your simpler, more transactional queries, that really gives the space um, to ease the pressure on support teams who are struggling to meet demand amongst all these complex calls. It really gives them uh, the time and the space to listen to and engage with customers during those higher value interactions. Um, And examples of where artificial intelligence and automation could be applied are, for instance, um, during payment processing or even for capturing information from a customer. Another way um, to use artificial intelligence uh, would be in driving efficiency. And that's thinking about the monitoring and learning of events in real time so that the system 
can become aware when an issue has happened or when it's likely to occur. And that's even before the customer or internal teams would know. And the result is that companies are then able to preemptively contact customers using automation to advise them about upcoming situations in real time and give the information that customers will require. Um, so avoiding the influx of inbound calls in the future as well. So you mentioned artificial intelligence as a technology, but if there is another one, only one technology businesses should focus on, what would it be? We've talked a lot about um, remote working and home working really coming into play now as we move forward. So I think an investment in cloud capability is really going to be key to enabling that kind of flexible and scalable service team. You know, it will enable your employees to work from anywhere but with a secure connection and access to the systems that they need to operate. In a what we're seeing as an increasingly competitive marketplace and, you know, a very challenging economy, allowing your agents to focus on developing their relationships with customers and adding value whilst delivering efficient operations is what's going to be really crucial to success for all contact centers here. So we're coming soon to the end of this podcast, but Aina, I know there were a few key takeaways that you wanted to share to help contact centers succeed in the new marketplace. Yes, thank you, Bastian. Um, I'd say there were probably four main areas of focus. I think first off, um, I think organizations should continue to invest in new capabilities. As we've mentioned earlier, this means thinking about AI, automation, and cloud-based contact center capabilities. This will be critical to stability and future growth. Um, next, I think we need to engage with customers in new and different ways. Understand customer circumstances is more important now than ever before. Our customers' priorities have changed, and gaining customer trust by interacting with someone they regard as safe and secure really is essential. So alongside the technology, service teams need to take a human-centric approach to engaging with customers and have the skills to understand and address emotional needs and drive customer loyalty. Thirdly, I think uh, we've mentioned the shift to digital chat channels before, uh, but this does need to be accelerated. As customers have been forced to use self-service channels through lockdowns and uh, tier restrictions, digital traffic has increased, and this is likely to continue in the future as customers discover the ease of shopping online and browsing and web chat. I think one of the priorities will be to reduce contact volumes, though, by moving the simpler and more transactional queries to self-serve. And for this to work well, there needs to be dynamic content and knowledge-based capabilities. Additionally, we want to make the customer experience effortless, so automated, intuitive and flexible customer journeys. My fourth takeaway is that organisations will need to balance effective resource management with employee expectations. We know that remote, remote and flexible working have been enforced at short notice, and we expect this to be a fixture of contact centres in the future. But I think this will undoubtedly bring both opportunities and challenges for operations teams. Certainly, as the threats of future waves and future pandemics perhaps increase, businesses will need to be more flexible to respond to any future resource challenges. And I think COVID-19 has created a burning platform that will accelerate the development of a flexible customer service organisation that perhaps many had already seen coming. And service will need to sit at the heart of the customer engagement strategy delivering a consistent experience across every customer touchpoint. Thank you, Anna, and thank you very much, Sajida, for joining us today and for sharing your valuable insights. 
A quick reminder that you can subscribe to the Capgemini Customer Perspective podcast using your favorite podcasting app, for example, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. So don't forget to tune in. And until then, stay safe. This is Designing Momentum, a podcast from Capgemini. Designing Momentum is a show about what it takes to build and maintain momentum in business. When the odds are against you, how do you forge your own path? Original ideas very rarely come from looking in the same places you always look. So in this show, we'll be turning the spotlight in a different direction that you wouldn't necessarily think to look. Hosted by me, Frank Wammers, and with the help of Rachel Burford, International Women's Rugby World Cup winner, and experts in emerging technology in sport will be exploring why what goes on in the boardroom isn't so different to what happens on the pitch. Make sure you subscribe now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.